Hello and welcome to the Glowface Digital Wellbeing Podcast. I am, of course, your host, David Talbot. And if you are watching this on YouTube, you can see that things are, again, a little bit different this week. I've got a bit of a PowerPoint to run through. Um, but if you're on Spotify or listening anywhere else, I'll make sure I describe in detail what's appearing on the screen. This week, as you can see, it's all about productivity. And it's really inspired by a recent report that I came across about productivity in the workplace, particularly for knowledge workers or for screen-based workers, people who have to use a computer, use a screen in order to get their job done. And some really interesting statistics, results, survey findings that came out of this that kind of you know, made me want to run this podcast uh, about that report and talk through in, in a bit of detail, focusing on a few key points that came in through through the report. I guess before we jump into the report, wanting to just talk about what productivity is. And I've mentioned this a little bit before, but the world has what you'd think about as a, as a productivity problem. And productivity is declining. Now you can see this chart on the screen here, for those of you who can't see it, what it shows is percentages on the y-axis, I had to really think about that for a second, and on the x-axis it is um, the date timeline. Now goes back to 1995 and effectively there's two key lines in this chart coming up to 2020 so it's a 25 year chart and there's these two linear trend lines around productivity and multi-factor both labor and both lines are decreasing what it's effectively showing is that in an economy uh, that you know economies around the world that uh, that the productivity the amount of output per hours worked by an individual and that's really what is meant by productivity how much are you getting done in every hour that you work in your job or in your profession, whatever it is, what's your output in terms of, um, you know, what you're giving back economically, it has been declining. Now, it's pretty hard to measure productivity, but it always has been the case. And so broadly speaking, it, it's clear that it's been declining. I think it's somewhat ironic that the 90s saw the introduction of the internet age and productivity has been on the trend downwards since the internet came into play, uh, which is somewhat amusing from my standpoint, but I won't spend too much time talking about that today. In fact, I do spend a little bit of time talking about that in, in the course that I that I offer. But what is key though is productivity is a problem. The amount of output per hour's work for individuals, particularly knowledge workers, is decreasing. And that means economies aren't getting as much for the money spent on workers. They're not giving as much output as they should be getting for the sort of money that they're getting paid, so to speak. So what you know how does this come through? Well the, the report talks a lot about lost focus as the main driver of a lack of productivity. And I guess before we jump into some key statistics, you know, that show lost focus, let's just define it. And effectively, this is what this is the report's wording. And this is something that we've talked about a lot, a lot, a lot with Glowface uh, around focus work, around deep work, around flow. But focus work is the state of distraction-free concentration directed toward performing a specific task. Now, you've heard that a hundred times and that's effectively what, you know, that this report sees as well is where the best, where best kind of work is done for, for knowledge workers, for any kind of worker. Now, it's... It's important to understand then what is lost focus. Well, lost focus refers to instances where workers are interrupted, distracted, or otherwise disengaged from focused work, which can negatively affect their productivity. So what's implied in that certainly is that you are most productive when you're focused and you're most productive when you are not being distracted or interrupted. And we know that our devices are absolutely designed to distract us and interrupt us along every step of the way. So, you know, 
the really the key here that we'll be focusing on from the report is the findings in relations to you know what what has what's been the result of the lost focus, but also where are these lack where's this lack of focus coming from? Now, what's the cost? And they've done a really great job in this report around you know getting this down to a single figure economically in terms of how much this is costing. So when you talk about companies, talk about businesses, they're estimating that just in the U.S. alone, it's U.S. 468 billion, half a trillion dollars every year companies are leaving on the table because of time-sucking distractions that affect deep focused work from employees, which is a phenomenal amount of money, right? And something that you would think would be getting more attention from companies around the world, but simply isn't. It's, you know, it's something that's the distraction in the workplace is not a conversation that's readily happening, happening enough in, in workplaces, in companies. The other cost is, of course, to the economy. US $1.4 trillion is what they're estimating is costing the economy if businesses across five major sectors fully optimize their knowledge workers' focus. I think what's not caught in these figures as well, this is just looking directly at, I guess, the expense of an employee, how much it costs to employ someone, how much their wages are, how many hours they work and what their output should be if they were focused versus what their output is actually when they're not as focused as they can be. But what's lost in that is that is is the creativity side. It's the potential, and we talked about this a little bit in the Huberman Chris Williamson review, that what's lost with distraction, what's lost when in our world of constant interruptions and inattention, is not just the ability to do the task at hand, but the ability to think creatively and come up with new solutions for new tasks and uh, and new ideas. And I think what's not quantified in these numbers is just that, is the potential for new ideas, new solutions, new problems for creative thinking and the value that could be added to companies and economies around the world if people were allowed to enter into states of flow, enter into states of deep work and come up with solutions. We know what flow represents as an idea. Flow means you're in a state of work that is equally challenging and meets your state, your, your, your capabilities so that when you emerge from the state of flow, you emerge having contributed something more than when you started. Deep work's the same thing as Cal Newport defines it. Deep work is a state of focused work where you add value. When, and you add value not by not just by doing the task at hand and doing it well, but you come up with better ways to do it, more creative solutions. And so I think that's what's really not captured in these numbers is the is the additional economic output that could be getting. For those of us in Australia, of course that's where I work and I work I live. We are actually the 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 economy most. Uh, could, that could benefit the most from reducing distractions in the workplace. So it's actually 44% and that's the potential increase in added value for an Australian worker if they optimize their focus work. So we actually, looks like we're the most distracted Western market in the entire world, which is f sort of a quite a phenomenal thing to say for Australia. Um, but you know, you kind of bring that home, there's something probably a little bit more distracted about Australia. Maybe it's how flexible we are. Maybe it's how relaxed we are about sort of work and things like that. Culturally speaking, we're, we're a little bit more laid back, particularly from a knowledge worker standpoint. But interesting to know that Australia, according to this report, has the most potential increase in added value if their workers were to optimize their focus work. Now, 
what's contributing to, to this distraction? Well, the, the first thing respondents said, uh, particularly now that in a post-pandemic world, a lot of people are working from home, is the need to respond to demands from others in the household. And this is pretty sort of standard, I guess. You've got, um, you know, two, maybe two people working from home or regularly, you know, people managing kids' drop-offs and pickups in different ways. I think what this represents as well, to my mind, is the need in uh, you know 2023 for dual income households in order particularly in Australia you know thinking about how expensive housing is how expensive um, you know particularly with inflation in the last few years going up interest rates being at all time highs on all time but you know historically quite high particularly over the last 15 years or so the, the, the expense to live and work in Western economies is quite significant. To have a family, to raise a family is quite large. And a lot of people need dual incomes in order to get that done. So your balance, so typically, and I'm sort of, of course, playing stereotypes here, but for a long time, you know, uh, mum would stay home and dad would go to work. And my mum did that. My mum, you know, didn't have a job. She took care of the kids, but that kind of gave dad the ability to go to work and focus on work and just do work. Now, I'm not saying it should be that way, it shouldn't be that way. I'm just saying that's an example that you usually had one individual dedicated to productive output and you had another individual dedicated to the demands in the household. And now you have two sets of individuals, both having to give themselves to work and give themselves to their households. And you've fragmented their productivity in that situation, right? You've fragmented their focus, you've fragmented their ability to do their job because they're all they're both juggling everything at the same time. Whereas you might be better off if you could just have one individual managing one set of demands, i.e. household responsibilities, and another individual man managing the other set of demands, their job. So I think this is definitely a reflection of two things. One, not just the post-pandemic world of people working from home more and being more in community around in the household, but also just the, the financial pressures put on Western societies these days. The other thing is social media, of course, social media and other media content. This was actually uh, the second most biggest contributor to distractions, uh, up 13% since the pandemic in terms of annual hours spent. So 132 pre-pandemic, 144 post hours post-pandemic uh, hours per year. So a significant increase there in terms of the hours spent on social media. And this is, of course, a given. We're at home more, our phones are in reach, we're picking it up more, we're spending more time on it. Um, I actually read a, a statistic recently that the average time, about 70% of the time we pick up our phone for two minutes, but within that, we put it down, we're actually 50% likely to pick it up again and in the next two minutes again. So the interactions with our devices, quick, distracted, and uh, social media and other media content, the second biggest contributor to to uh, distractions and, and lack of focus work in the workplace. And I probably don't need to convince you of this. The third thing is, I thought this was somewhat funny in my mind, technical difficulties, productivity tools, which is a, 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 a uh, again, I'll say that technical difficulties with productivity tools, which is a uh, contradiction of a statement. Productivity tools should be improving how you do your job, should be making you, should be increasing your output as a worker, should be making you more productive, right? However, the third biggest distraction for workers in the workplace is those productivity tools. I am such a critic of productivity tools in the workplace. I do not think that they achieve the goal. The, they think they're good, but they're certainly overhyped in my mind. You know, things from Slack to Teams to Jira to Confluence, all these sort of things that you might have heard about. I do not think that they significantly improve um, workplace productivity as people, you know, fully embrace them as they think they do. I think they should be a more balanced approach to these things. 
but amazing that productivity tools are making people less focused and giving them less output. Now, I want to say it's not all bad. The survey did note that unproductive emails are down, which dropped from 99 hours to about 75 hours per year. So it's a pretty big drop in terms of how many unproductive emails people think they're responding to. But it did note that you know meetings were uh, up. The number of unproductive meetings, particularly for senior management, did seem to increase as well. And I guess that's a reflection of the change to sort of digital or remote meetings, particularly via Zoom. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, things are improving, but overall, really, really interesting. I think the main contributors to the lack of focus work, the, the changing dynamics of, of dual income households in my mind, of course, social media and the, the access to that content, the proliferation of the content, so much content, so many platforms to consume and so many reasons to be constantly distracted. And then of course, the contradiction of all contradictions, technical difficulties with productivity tools being the third main contributor to lack of focus work. This was a big one for me, 127 hours. This is the time spent recovering focus after distractions has risen from 118 pre-pandemic to 127 hours per year, reflecting more frequent interruptions through the workday. For me, this is the biggest thing. You know, it's not just the time spent away from the device, not just the time you spend picking up your device or, you know, jumping between things on your computer. It's the time having to be spent recovering focus after those events. And so to see this rising, I think this is going to continue to rise in the future as well. 127 hours per year, just, just the time spent recovering your focus to get back into focus deep work um, is, is, is increasing and quite confronting statistic in my mind. How to fix it. The report talks about AI as being a way to fix it. And I, I Disagree. I don't think AI, generative AI, yes, it will improve autom you know, basic automated tasks. It will make these things a little bit easier. But I just, I never, I'm not a huge fan that, you know, the way to fix technology issues is more technology. This is what productivity tools aim to do. Slack came in to get improve emails, right? Now we did see an improvement in the amount of unproductive emails sent, but that doesn't mean you have you those emails haven't just translated to unproductive Slack messages. I know I'm picking on Slack, but let's just use that as an example of a productivity tool because it is the biggest productivity tool, productivity tool to have emerged in the last five years to my mind, right? One of the biggest, if not the biggest. So we've we've taken a technological problem and we've applied more technology and more, you know technical difficulties to to fix that problem. I do not think that's the case. What What's this report going to say in five years? That the third main contributor to lack of focus work is technical difficulties with AI-based tools. Like that's what they're going to go towards if this is the solution. If AI is the solution, right? I completely disagree with, with that as a, as a way to fix it. I do agree with agency you know, choosing people should be choosing to work when they want to avoid unwanted distractions, i.e. you work at night when the kids are asleep or early in the morning. I think that's a probably pretty good idea to sort of, you know, take agency over your scheduling uh, and work when suits you best. The other one, I think this is a huge gap, is organizational policies and the Digital Wellness Institute in America does a great job of, of encouraging, of, you know, providing a platform and a way for organizations to create things like a digital wellness uh, charter or, or, or a communication charter, excuse me, is how they describe it you know, guidance on how to connect as employees. You know, sometimes the, the 
the gap in what is left unsaid with people is the often the diff, the difficult part of it, right? So if you think your boss wants you online available all the time, then you will be that. Now your boss may or may not want that. Now that may be unrealistic or may be realistic given your job for a time, you know, period of time. But it's be the ability to have the conversation with your boss is, hey, look, six o'clock, I'm turning my phone off. I need to be with my family, my friends, go to the gym. I need to have my downtime, right? And there's, I, to my mind, I have not seen any organization do this well, have these policies in place to encourage open communication about digital well-being ideas and, and ways to reduce focus and ways to communicate better within the business. And I think this is a huge gap and hopefully something that Glowface Digital Wellbeing can come in and help feel help organizations confront the distractions in the workplace to ultimately boost the bottom line. Like that's what businesses are here for, to increase profits. And that's what digital well-being can certainly do. Help organizations put in policies, put in procedures in place in order to help people become less distracted, more productive and benefit the company more. And to my mind, that's the real solution for all these distractions in the workplace lies in digital well-being. Understanding how best to reduce your screen time and your pickups to increase focus and productivity. And I guess understanding the value in those other two activities. We just go to our phones because they're low value, uh, really easy activities to do. Whereas when we start to see the value in focused and productivity work, when we start to see the value we can drive through getting into states of flow, into deep work, then it becomes a much easier conversation to have with someone to say, look, put your phone away, put it over there, turn off your emails, focus on your work and you'll get more done. You'll be more productive and you'll get promoted. You'll make yourself a more attractive employer, employee, excuse me, right? When you can be more focused and more productive, your resume looks better. You make more money in the long run when you can use your time, right? Time is finite. We all get the same amount of time. But if each of us can use, if you can use your time in a more focused and productive way, you're a better employee. You will go further longer term than other people. And that for me is really the key takeaway from an individual standpoint here is an opportunity. If you're an individual out there and you think that, hey, I can be more focused and more productive than my colleagues. And if you do that over a longer period of time, you will come out on top you will absolutely progress as an individual, as a person, as an employee and be better off for it. So I wanna leave you with that, that encouragement to say, hey, embrace digital well-being, reduce your screen time, reduce your pickups, increase your focus, increase your productivity, increase ultimately how much you get paid for doing what you do because you are more productive than your colleagues and see yourself be more successful in the long run. Bit of a, uh, you know, a, a, a pump, pitch, so to speak, you know, go out in there and smash it. But I think really there's a huge opportunity for people in this day and age for someone to come out on top. You're going to come out on top if you're focused and you're more productive than your colleagues. Thanks so much for listening today. I know it went really fast and I was quite excited, but this is a huge, huge uh, passion of mine. And I think a huge opportunity for people out there like yourself to embrace digital well-being in its wholeness to become a more productive, a more focused person and ultimately take yourself further in your life.